Ruby said slowly. But you know Ramona. She is a hands-on kind of person with very definite ideas. I can't imagine her not being totally involved in a business she's put her money into. And she's had such a hard time making up her mind. Remember when she wanted to buy into the children's bookstore next door to the shops? Then she was all gung-ho about the cupcake business. After that, it was the florist shop. And then she decided she'd buy me out. That's another good point, I agreed. The previous summer, Ramona, who had gotten a substantial divorce settlement from her philandering doctor husband, had decided that her sister needed a rest. She was going to buy Ruby's shop and her share of our tea room and our catering business and go into partnership with me. That idea panicked me, until Ruby assured me that she wasn't selling out to anybody, much less to Ramona. I have learned to be cautious about Ramona's great ideas. You bet it's a good point, Ruby said. This brewery is just another in a long string of impulses. Ramona has a habit of jumping into things without looking, and it gets her into trouble. She picked up her teacup and looked at me over the rim. I have a bad feeling about this, China. My sister could be in for a hard time, and I don't know what to do about it. I've learned to pay serious attention to Ruby's bad feelings. She is highly intuitive, especially when it comes to reading people's fears and motivations and anticipating what lies ahead for them. She tries very hard not to poke her psychic nose into the private affairs of people she cares for, but sometimes she can't help herself. So I wasn't going to argue. Something was wrong, and Ruby sensed it. But both of us knew that there wasn't any point in trying to get Ramona to change her mind. When she decides to do something, she's going to do it come hell or high water, or both. How did Ramona happen to get involved with the brewery? I asked curiously. Seems kind of strange. The oven timer went off. It's a long story. Ruby put down her teacup and pushed her chair back. I'll get our muffins out and tell you while we eat. While Ruby goes to the oven to pull out the batch of muffins she's been baking, I'll take the opportunity to give you a little context for what's happening here. It's early morning on the second Monday in April, and Ruby Wilcox and I, we're business partners as well as best friends, are having our monthly planning session. Our shops, my herb shop, Ruby's Crystal Cave, and our tea room are closed on Mondays, which gives us a chance to catch up on business matters without having to tend to customers. Last month we met at my house. This month we're at Ruby's. Both of us have brought our laptops and a list of topics we want to talk about. I love coming here. Ruby's painted lady, a gaudy old Victorian on Pecan Street, is dazzling outside and in. The exterior is a wonderfully wild palette of smoke gray, spring green, fuchsia, and plum, and the wicker porch furniture is daffodil yellow with red tropical print cushions. 
Indoors, Ruby has polished the pine floors to a shimmer and painted the walls in bright orange, yellow, and blue. The kitchen is a warm red with a watermelon wallpaper border above a yellow-painted beadboard wainscot. A lamp with a green shade hangs over a red-painted table and four green and red chairs. Vintage tea towel curtains hang at the window, and clay pots of red geraniums bloom gaily on the windowsill. Ruby's house will make you blink. Ruby makes you blink as well. This morning, she had just gotten back from her extra-early yoga class and was wearing multicolored leggings, vividly striped in a yellow and purple Aztec pattern, a loose purple tunic, and yellow open-toed sandals that displayed purple-painted toes. Ruby has mile-long legs. She's six feet something in...